Today's scripture is Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Thank you for the precious gift of your song and how you enrich our time together. God weeps with us so that one day we might laugh with God. So writes the German theologian Jürgen Moltmann. He expresses in that one single sentence the great span from Good Friday to Easter. It is, it is, in fact, a summary of all of human history, past, present, and future. God weeps with us so that we may someday laugh with God. I'm intrigued by a uh, rather odd verse of scripture that one would find at the end of the 14th chapter of the gospel according to Mark. It's set in the Garden of Gethsemane, right after Jesus has been arrested and taken away by the guards. And Mark inserts this line, a certain young man was following Jesus, wearing nothing but a linen cloth. They caught hold of him, but he left the linen cloth and ran off naked. It's a rather obscure verse in that chapter. And the nakedness here is about vulnerability. The betrayal, the arrest, the trial, the death reveal how vulnerable we are. And if you're, if you're anything like me, I don't like being vulnerable. I find it embarrassing. The death of Jesus 
shows us how vulnerable we are. But this is not the last time we'll see this young man in the pages of Mark's Gospel. You know, when I saw the flames shooting out of the Cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris, I was reminded how vulnerable each of us are to the accidents and circumstances of life. Things happen that are beyond our control, and we are vulnerable. And when I hear of the burning of those three African-American churches in Louisiana, I am mindful that people of color are so much more vulnerable than we who are white are, even now. And as we listen to the constant state of our national politics, do we not realize how vulnerable we are becoming to a kind of toxicity of debate that replaces clarity of thought with uh, insult? Vulnerable. Just as I was coming into church for the 9 o'clock service, Mary handed me a clipping. She pulled it out of the Concord Monitor. Maybe you saw it. Methodist Church on verge of breakup. Differences simmering over LGBT policies. It's like old news. I mean, this has been going on for 40 years. <laughs> Vulnerable. Something that we love and care about. I think pastoral transitions, when, when one minister leaves and another comes, well, those are times of vulnerability. To feel vulnerable. Well, friends, let me tell you, the good news of Easter is not that you and I are 10 feet tall and bulletproof. The good news of Easter is that God enters into our human vulnerability. This young man who fled the scene of arrest does not vanish from the pages of the New Testament. He is there on Easter morning. As the women enter the tomb, they see a young man dressed in a white robe who says, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He has been raised. The young man is reclothed. The stolen linen sheet has been replaced by a white robe. Human vulnerability is covered by the goodness and the graciousness of God. We do not need to fear our vulnerability, for God enters that place with us. Barbara Brown Taylor talks about resurrection in this way. 
When I was a girl, I spent a lot of time in the woods, which were full of treasures for me. And at night, I would line them up on my bed. Fat flakes of mica, buckeyes bigger than shooter marbles, blue jay feathers, bird bones, and if I was lucky, a cicada shell, one of those dry brown bug bodies you can find on tree trunks when the 17-year-old locusts come out of the ground. I liked them for two reasons, she said. First, because they were horrible looking, with their huge empty eye sockets and their six sharp little claws. By hanging them on my sweater, or better yet, in my hair, I could usually get the prettier and the more popular girls to run away from me screaming, which somehow seemed to even out life's score. <laughs> she goes on to say, I also liked them because they bore witness to a miracle. They looked dead, but they weren't. They were just shells. Every one of them had a neat slit down the back where the living creature inside of it had escaped pulling new legs, new eyes, and new wings out of that dry, brown body and taking flight. At night, I could hear them singing their high song in the tree. And if you had asked those cicada bugs, I'll bet none of them could have told you where they had left their old close. Resurrection is like so many things that we have experienced, and yet there is still a dimension beyond that there's something about resurrection that is more than we have ever known. Resurrection is the power of God to carry us when we can no longer carry ourselves, when our strength is weak, when we are faint, when we grow weary, there is something more that calls us forth and sustains us. The gift of resurrection. Well, if you're not a sports fan, you can take this next paragraph off. This afternoon, I plan on watching the Celtics, and I'm amazed at Gordon Hayward. About a year and a half ago, I don't know if you recall, but he had a very severe injury. It was in the first few minutes of his career as a Boston Celtic, he broke his leg in a kind of injury that would often end a career. He spent a whole year rehabilitating, physical therapy. He never gave up on himself. And surprisingly, in such a cruel world that is professional athletics, 
the Celtics never gave up on him. Resurrection is like that, but there's something more to it than that. God has covered vulnerability. The Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris will be rebuilt. Resurrection is like that, but something more. They caught the arsonist in Louisiana. Money is being raised to repair what was damaged. And what's different today than many years ago, those horrible acts of racism are now identified and called out. And when something like that happens, we know about it. We can take action. Resurrection is like that, but there's something more to it than that. The toxic turmoil of the present day simply cannot swallow up the great reservoir of goodwill and responsible human living that so many of us cherish and embrace day after day. Let the chatter go on. But we know the value of respect, care for one another. Resurrection is like that, but something more. You know, I have no idea what will happen to the United Methodist Church. But I, knew, but I do know that God's not done with you and me yet. Maybe our denomination will find a way to resolve it and live together in peace. Or maybe we'll find a way to part company with one another with grace and with dignity. But either way, God is still God. You and I are still followers of Jesus Christ. You and I are still part of God's movement through the world. We do not know what might become of us, but we know that God's not finished using us for God's purposes, for God's ways. I'd like to uh, share with you one of my favorite Easter quotes written by a man named Clarence Jordan. He writes this, the proof that God raised Jesus from the dead is not an empty tomb, but the full hearts of transformed disciples. The crowning evidence that Jesus lives is not a vacant grave, but a spirit-filled fellowship. Not a rolled away stone, but a carried away church. Carried away with a passion for love and for justice. Carried away. God weeps with us so that 
someday we may laugh with God. Amen.